0: Welcome to Attune and Align podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their hearts and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives and in their communities. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your own journey towards living a fulfilling life on your terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Margot House. Margot is a yoga instructor, blogger, speaker, and brand ambassador. In addition to inspiring others by sharing her story, Margot also has a successful 20-year career in the interior design industry. After being diagnosed as pre-diabetic in 2016, Margot began her yoga journey at the start of 2017 in order to repair her health and heal her mind, body, and spirit. Margot launched the lifestyle blog, This Curvy World, in November 2017 as a creative outlet. To showcase her passion for beauty, personal style, wellness, and design. Through her blog, public speaking engagements, and social media presence, Margot is building a community created to inspire and promote self-love, body positivity, and fitness at any size. We are so lucky to have Margo with us today. We are so grateful you're here. Welcome, Margo. Oh, thank you.
1: I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, really excited to be here today. I'm so excited to catch up with you. And I I'm just know. so excited for
0: everyone to get to listen to us talk to each other. We just love talking to each other. I'm very excited. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep an eye on the timer for this one because we know we get carried away. Exactly. Um, it's great. We're gonna have fun. Margot, so tell us more about this curvy world. And I know the first question on any podcast is really unfair because it's kind of like, tell us everything about your personal and professional journey that led you
1: to create this curvy world. Well, first of all, I had never been on social media before. I didn't know what blogs were. It wasn't something that I wasn't reading them, wasn't aware of them, nothing. But I'm just one of those people who... I struggled with my weight my whole life. My mom was dragging me to Weight Watchers when I was 10, gained and lost very large amounts of weight. I would lose hundred pounds, put back on 80, lose 90, put back on 60. My whole life was just consumed with my weight in general. In 2016, while I was always very active and I mean, I played sports in school, tennis. I mean, all year long I was playing sports, basketball, soccer, always in a sport was always a big child. And then in 2016, my doctor told me I was pre-diabetic. And that was the first time in my life that my weight had actually become a real health concern. And I was like, I was, had never had any health issues. And I was like, really scared. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do here, but clearly all the other things that I've been doing haven't really worked because I would take off the weight, but then I would put it back on. and I. Really wasn't into yoga. I had tried it like numerous times with some friends of mine here and there. And I don't know, like I always I say this all the time, but I do like to joke that I felt like yoga was for like skinny bitches and like Lululemon, you know? And I was like, this is not for me. And you know, let's keep it real. The way that the media portrays yoga is like the blonde white woman on the edge of the cliff and headstand. So it doesn't feel accessible to anyone, right? But my husband actually had been practicing hot yoga at the yoga studio. And I, he was just like, give it a try. You, you might like it. And I had noticed like he was letting go of shedding some pounds or whatever, but he was also just being like all around nicer like, <laughs> and just kind of in a better mood all the time. And I was like, okay. So I actually had gone down the path of doing bariatric surgery, found out that my insurance from my company wouldn't cover it. So I was going to get on my husband's insurance, but it was August and I would have had to wait an entire year. do that, right? So what was I going to do during that course of the year? needed to address this health issue. And I had been driving by a yoga studio in my neighborhood. I live in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. I had seen different people of color, size, age coming in and out of the studio as I would pass it on my way to work. And so after about four months of just checking it out, you know how it is. First day, new year, new you, right? (laughs) So I walked in <laughs> January 1st and started practicing yoga. Oh wow. And then it was the first time I had been in a room where I saw a woman of color had walked into the class and was leading me. And I thought, this is interesting. And I remember laying on the mat after that first class, just like crying, thinking to myself, I don't know, I might have found something here. Like it was the first time I'd been in a yoga room and a room, a wellness room or a fitness room in general, where the teacher had started the class by saying, like, look at yourself in the mirror. Without any judgment. Don't fix your hair. Don't touch your clothes. If you do nothing but lay here on the mat for the next 75 minutes, you've done enough. I was like, what? What? I could just lay here? (laughs) And I didn't. I moved through the class and she was very kind and helped me. You know, I was well over 350 pounds, couldn't touch my toes, hiding in the back of the room in all black. That's all I wore at the time. Yeah. So after about six or seven months, I noticed by February, I had let go of 25 pounds. I started showing up for myself on the mat every day. And, you know, it was the first time in my life, Marissa, that I wasn't counting every calorie or bite of food I was putting in my mouth. I was just simply showing up on the mat every day for myself, moving through the asanas and the practice. Wasn't even really that in tune with like all the details of yoga, you know, like the real like the Sanskrit and all that stuff. I was just showing up by May. I had lost 60 pounds. By the end of 2017, I had let go of over 100 pounds, and I realized that it really wasn't the weight. It, the weight was a symptom of other things. It was me picking up and putting down baggage that i had had that I'd been carrying around for my three-year-old self, that I would think that I had healed that so that, you know, oh, I'd lose 100 pounds. I'm healed, right? And then I clearly hadn't healed my inner self because I was putting the weight back on And I had never really addressed her. I never showed her the love, the compassion and stuff that I had needed to until I started practicing yoga. So I guess I took the long way around. But what happened basically was I wasn't reading blogs. I wasn't on social media. I didn't know what that was. But my friends had always said, you should have a blog. You should share what you're doing. You should share your story. Because I was always throwing lots of parties and whatever. And I decided, you know what? You don't see a lot of people of size. You don't see a lot of people of color. You don't see a lot of people in the wellness space who are promoting just loving yourself where you're at. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to start a lifestyle blog. I'm going to share my personal journey, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of the accolades, anything, all of it, and just authentically be myself. And people really resonated with it. And yeah, it just kind of over the last five years, it's just really taken off.
0: Margo, thank you so much for tackling question number one in the podcast. That's always the longest one. But I mean, if the people listening take anything away, it's like, let's call this out again. Like you lost 100 plus pounds. And in the same sentence, you said it was like the first time in your life that you were not counting calories. You were not fixating on what was going on in your mouth if I take anything away from that, like the thing that you did consistently show up for yourself
1: every day. Yeah, it really was. And and you know, Marissa too, it's really, you know, I mean, I was 46 at the time, 51. Now it's like, when I think to myself that like, I spent 46 years of my life, all right, maybe when I was little, you know, when I was one, I wasn't concerned about my weight, but you know, I mean, for the (laughs) most part, I spent my entire life being obsessed with this number on the scale. And it wasn't until I really looked at myself and said like, Hey, you know, I'm, I I wear a size 12 shoe. I'm like almost five, eight, like I'm just a bigger person. You know, I have wide set hips. I'm like, it is what it is. And and it wasn't until I started, stopped chasing that number on the scale and started to say, Hey Margo, you're good at like a 14, 16, like you're healthy here. You're fit. You're working out. You're being mindful of what you put in your mouth you've cut back on the drinking, like you're happier, you're feeling well, that's enough. That is okay. And it wasn't until I came to that place at, that I was able to really like come to a place where I could really maintain the weight, not just lose it, but actually really release
0: it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Earlier you mentioned, and I couldn't agree more that, you know, yoga And the wellness industry in general, you know, is marketed towards white women in tight yoga pants in headstand on the side of a cliff and how like the sizing that like you see in the store, like the clothes that are laid out in store size two and four, like that represents such a small portion of the actual population. Like I have a lot of hope now when we see something like this curvy world, because you're saying something like healthy at every size, like find the weight that you can maintain, like based on your body type, your height, the natural anatomical structure of the pelvis, right? Like shoe size. Yeah, can you tell us more about healthy healthy at every size? And I'd love to segue a little bit more into something that we're entering into that time of year, like self-love, self-care, body positivity, can you tell us about like the conversations you're having in that area in terms of body positivity and healthy at any size?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, listen, it's like, okay. So you know how it is at the beginning of every year, at the end of the year before it's all like, you know, get your beach body on and let's get ready nice yep. for summer and blah, blah, blah. Yep. It's like, it's the most ridiculous thing ever because everybody <laughs> is a beach body, right? Yes. If you have a body, you can go to the beach. So yes, everybody <laughs> is a yoga body, right? Exactly. And yeah. I mean, I, yes, I say that all the time. Everybody is a yoga body, but everybody's a beach body. And. Really, it's unfortunate that we live in this society where the media and everybody wants to kind of put this twist or control what healthy looks like, right? Because let's keep it real. If they weren't making women feel shameful about their bodies, well, then they'd have nothing to sell us. So, you know, we need to be upfront about where it really stems from. But I think that the idea that I'm never going to look like the person who's next to me. Like when I lead a yoga class, I will say, especially beginner's class, I'll tell everyone before we even start, don't look at the person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you. No two bodies are ever going to look the same in that asana. And that's the same thing with just how you're simply walking down the street. No two people are built the same, right? So when we start to just kind of look at ourselves and our bodies from a place of instead of so much of like, how do I look in this dress? And I know, like, listen, I'm not saying I don't ever come from that place because, of course, I want to look good in my dress. But if I can come to it from a little bit more of a place of how is my body showing up for me? You know, how is my body taking care of me? How is it walking me through the day? Am I treating my body with love and kindness? Am I feeding it things that make it feel good so that I have enough fuel to feel energized, right? Am I showing my body self-care and self-love? Maybe my hip is bothering me because I walked a lot. Am I getting a massage? Am I taking a bath? Am I showing myself the things that I need so that my body can show up for me in the ways that I'm asking it to, right? I
0: wonder, this is why I love talking with you because I'm, I'm always like inspired and have new thoughts. I wonder what our world would look like if all the energy we spend striving towards some quote unquote ideal that is just completely bottom line unattainable, like genetically, structurally, what if we took that amount of energy that we spent on that and put that amount of energy into everything you just said, celebrating the way the body walks us through life, celebrating the way everyone's body looks unique in the yoga asana, like That would just be such a huge energetic shift for the collective. Like it's just such an energy
1: drain what we're doing right now. Yeah, definitely. But you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been seeing, especially for some reason at the beginning of this year with the different magazines and what I'm seeing on Instagram, all of a sudden I'm seeing more of these wellness brands or, you know, magazines and things actually really promoting more of what I've been talking about and what other larger bodied women are are speaking to of that, I don't need to look like the size two for my body to be healthy. And also there is, which I do find encouraging. I wonder though, if it's going to be one of those things where it's like a wave, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like, oh, let's jump on the bandwagon for now. And then three months, we'll be right back into this ridiculous yeah. diet culture because we live in a diet culture. Yeah. Right? I mean, they say studies show that when women get together the first five to 10 minutes of what they're talking about is about their weight. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And I have to say there's someone that I follow who I love her, Helen feeling. And she talks a lot about she's a Pilates instructor. She's a friend of mine and she totally is trying to dismiss the diet culture thing. But, you know, she was talking recently about how, like, I don't want to have friends. Like, I don't want to make new friends that do that. I don't mm-hmm. want old friends that do that. Aren't we more intelligent as women? Don't we have more right. to share than just talking about, I did 100 sit-ups and, oh my gosh, I ate yeah. a bagel. Like, I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I know. Like, are, aren't we so much more dynamic and, and multifaceted than, than to launch into all of our conversations about the one thing that's constantly being fed to us from the exterior? focus on that multi-dimensionality of our interior.
1: Yeah. Like tell me that you just got a big project or promotion. Tell me your wins. Yeah. We all have so many wonderful wins. We never celebrate
0: those, you know, we never celebrate our 99 wins because we're always focused on that one shortcoming or one thing that we perceive as failure, which probably isn't even a failure. So Margo, you mentioned that trend of the magazines, the brands, whether it's, temporary or permanently on the bandwagon of now celebrating different body sizes and healthy at every size. Does that feel genuine to you? Or or do you think like their product department is just seeing from the data that like, we really need to be selling more leggings. So let's market more to the general population.
1: Yeah, I think that some are genuine. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like to broad stroke anything. Yeah, right? I think that some are very genuine. I think that some have been developing and working towards this for many years before yeah. now. Right. But then yeah. I do think that there's some that really are just jumping on the bandwagon. And also too, like I don't know if you remember when Nike did that whole campaign when they did the plus, and people lost their yep. minds. Mm-hmm. No, that model's too fat. That can't mm-hmm. be. Out. So it's like there's yeah. pushback. People don't really know, or I think brands don't really know what to do there, but I do, you know, have a concern that it will be a little bit like Black Lives Matters, where everybody was jumping on the bandwagon in 2020 when everything was happening with George Floyd and whatever. And then like where, you know, is anybody talking about this now? No. You know what I mean? So I hope I'm a positive person and I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'd like to think that this is coming from a real genuine place and that yeah. brands are looking to say like, hey, we want to make clothes for anybody who wants to be well. Anybody who yeah. wants to be, felt, be fit, feel good, lounge around nicely like that. I, yeah. I hope that that's where it's coming from. You know,
0: <laughs> Margo, I like to lounge around nicely.
1: I mean, I, I know. <laughs> if I'm being
0: honest about my extensive yoga pants collection, it's like, I'm actually doing my asana in my pajamas and then I'm like sitting on the couch in my nicest pair of yoga pants. Like, let, <laughs> let me just be honest here. So this is like purely for my own information, because it's something that I'm still trying to learn about what's going on in the conversation about like body positivity versus body neutrality. And like, are there any like new vocabulary words? Like if we are well-versed in the conversation of well-being, like what are some new trends and ways of speaking that we should know about?
1: I mean, I think it really is right now the body positivity versus the body neutrality. Yeah. If you're not familiar, I mean, body positivity, I think some people take it like I use body positive. But some people take that as, or it's meant to mean that, you know, you're supposed to love every ounce of your body. I don't mm-hmm. really push that. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out the relationship between me and my hips. I mean, I like them some days, other days. Ah, you know. And also,
0: <laughs> and I'll just punctuate right here. Remember, I'm originally from New Jersey. You're living in Brooklyn. I'm wondering which viewpoint do we represent? Like I'm an East Coaster living in California. Mm. And I have seen, I've seen huge differences coastally in terms of the way people talk about wellness. So yeah, I, I, I'm just curious. I still have
1: friends actually in New York that are in the more body neutrality, like, Uh you know, some Pilates and structures and stuff. And that I think really, I found that most people that are into the body neutrality are more coming from a dance background because there is a history of a lot of dancers with anorexia and all kinds of eating disorders. So I think body neutrality is removing the attachment to yourself and like that part of your body, like learning to love it and just accepting it in whatever state it is. Right? right. So I think that there's a lot of similarities there. I just think some people feel a little bit more leaning more towards one side than the other. I mean, I use the term body positivity just because I love the word positive and I'm a positive person and I want to promote positivity. And like I said, I'm not telling you you have to love every single ounce of your body every single day, but you know, I do think that we should learn to just kind of love ourselves wherever we are.
0: Margo, before I forget, I wanted to talk to you today about mirrors and post-it notes. (laughs) We talk about mirrors and post-it notes. And I mean, it's like the biggest bang for your buck. Like if anyone is going to do anything good for their well-being today, they need Margot's signature exercise with mirrors and post-it notes. Can you tell us how to do this?
1: (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) I can. I can. So I don't know if anybody ever used to watch that show, Being Mary Jane. She used to, Gabrielle Union was the star of that show, and she had post-it notes all over her entire house post-it notes that, that were all kinds of just, you know, affirmations or things that would make her, you know, bring her back to center. So mirror work is actually a real thing. And there's all different levels of mirror work. But one of the things that I like to do, and I shared a lot on social and stuff, is this idea of taking yourself standing in front of the mirror. And I do this every once in a while, like, perfectly naked, like completely naked. If you're comfortable for some people, it can feel very uncomfortable to be really naked and actually have to really scan your body and really look at yourself. But I like to do it every once in a while with no clothes on and just kind of looking and taking a full scan of your body. And, you know, listen, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, whether we're wearing clothes or we're not wearing clothes, most cases, the first thing that's going to come up is some negative stuff, right? your eyes are going to go to one place, fixate on one or two things that you deem to be the most imperfect parts of your body. And sometimes you can scan yourself and maybe you're not even scanning yourself from a place of looking at your physical body, but maybe you're scanning yourself and you're thinking other things in your head about like how you showed up as a friend or a mom or a parent, you know, a parent or a lover or whatever. So you can take it in two different ways, but I like to ask people to stand in front of the mirror, do a full scan of your body, let the negative energy or the negative thoughts start to come to the forefront of your mind, like allow them to be there. They're going to be there. Let them be there. Right. And then take a few moments. Let that happen. Close down your eyes. Begin to take a few deep breaths and start to like really shake those off. Let them go. And sometimes it's even just taking like a shake of the shoulders and the hands and letting go of that static energy, that negative vibe. And then when you reopen your eyes, I ask you to take some post-it notes and jot down like five or six things that are like amazing about yourself, right? They could be physical, your physical body things. They could be how you showed up for yourself that week or that day. They could be, I love my boobs look great or I love my hips or my waist is small or whatever it is. And everybody has six things, more than six things that are fabulous about themselves, all the love and kindness that we so easily share with others, we all often find hard to share with ourselves, right? Yeah. So you write down those six things on post-it notes and put them on your mirror. And I like to ask people to do this for a week, solid, right? Because at the Mm -hmm. end of the week, if you do it every morning at the end of the week, you will notice a shift in the energy. So now I would ask you to then out loud, look at yourself in the mirror, in the eyes and go through each of those six things and say them out loud to yourself. So I'm a fantastic mom, or I'm a, I love my hips, or I showed up for myself this week, whatever those six things are. And I ask you to repeat them like four or five times going through them, saying them louder and louder Mm -hmm. to yourself, right? Really like out loud, kind of sharing them because what we What we feed ourselves, how we speak to ourselves, is how we actually believe, is what we believe about ourselves, right? So if you feed yourself negative food and negative thoughts, well then, you know, you're gonna be negative. But if you feed yourself positive food and positive thoughts, you'll tend to be more positive. So I like to do that. I like to ask people to do that for one week. And you know, each week things shift. And maybe you do it once a month or so when you need to. Like one week you may be feeling like you showed up in this way. And the next week, and who knows at the beginning of of the year, you might not love your hips. And by June, you might be shouting, I love my hips. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see I, I had a relationship with my hips?
0: <laughs> I got I to gotta order some more Post-it notes. I, I think I'm fresh <laughs> out and I'm feeling inspired to do a week of Post-it notes. Uh, one thing that I thought of while you were explaining the week of Post-it notes is it's like, the first few are so hard to think of but then it's like the floodgates are open. It's like, oh, and I love my hair and my manicure looks really great this week and, and held the door for this person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am looking forward to doing that. This is making me think of the power of words, right? And you're a big teacher of affirmation and mantra and positive thoughts. How is that translating into your passion for writing? Can you tell us more about Margot the writer?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Marissa, because I never really thought I was a writer until I started writing for my blog. And I was like, well, yeah and I would say, I'm not a writer. People are like, but you're writing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I guess I am.
0: <laughs> I guess Undeniable. I am. Undeniable.
1: Listen, I think anybody and everybody just really wants people to be authentic. And I think that there is definitely a fear. I know that I have found fear in genuinely sharing my story because also too, like how will like my family feel about some of the things that I've said about my childhood or how will my sister feel or my mom who I love my mom and she did the best that she could, but my mom gave me a lot of issues around my weight and food Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I know she was just trying, wanting me to be a healthy child, but Mm -hmm. there's things there. So with the writing, I feel that I genuinely just try to share myself my experiences i hope that people yeah. will resonate with them and that i'm a big believer of when you tell your story not only do you heal yourself but you help to heal others and vice versa and everyone has something to share i don't care who you are what walk of life you're in everyone has something to share and we all have something to learn from others right i of course try to read a lot and find mantras in different things you know my favorite mantra and a mantra that i like to use all the time is i am enough I have enough. I have always been enough. I will always be enough. And that's because I've never, not that I never felt that way, but for so many years, I didn't feel that way, right? And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that we don't have to do anything other than just exist to be worthy of love. Like that's all we have to do. We don't have to do anything more than that. Could you repeat the mantra one more time for us? Absolutely. I am enough. I have enough. I have always been enough. Mm. I will always be enough.
0: Wow. Margo, you've, you've summed up the yoga philosophy. You've just saved us a lot of time. Now we don't have to spend our whole life reading all the (laughs) texts. I'm kidding. We can (laughs) practice your mantra. Yeah. If we intrinsically are like we are the stuff of love. We are the essence of love, right? So then therefore there is nothing else that we need to do to be worthy of love.
1: No, 100%, but I think a lot of people move through life. I mean, I know that I did because, you know, I had all these issues around, you know, I'm adopted. I had fear of abandonment issues. I had a lot of things that like, you know, I dated all the wrong guys when I was younger, just because I wanted to be loved in this way that I guess I never really felt that I had been. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like I had to do all of these things Mm. to be worthy of love. I had to show up for friends in ways that I probably shouldn't have, or put up with Mm -hmm. guys that I didn't need to, you know? Mm. Um, And I think that lots of us get caught up in that, that we have to be something different than who we are, or show up in these extraordinary ways to be loved. We don't, we just have to be, that's all we have to do.
0: What advice can you get, maybe this is something to go on a post-it note. What advice can you give to women? Because you just referred to like a lot of boundaries, right? Like maybe over-supporting in a relationship or mm-hmm. staying in a relationship that isn't serving you. Like, is there like a, a guiding North star on like how to maintain those boundaries? Because society is always telling women you have to give more and, and you you have to stay in this to support the other person. What advice can, can you give to us?
1: It kind of goes back to that idea or that thought that like yeah. self-care is selfish, right? People think, oh, self-care mm. is selfish. And I always say, like I wrote a whole post about how self-care is not self- yeah. at all, right? When we look at it realistically, if you don't show up for yourself first, yeah. you're not really gonna show up fully or wholeheartedly for anybody else, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We do as women are expected to, you know, we're expected to be doing it all, right? And like showing up for everybody and whatever. But I think that at the end of the day you only get one life. Like this isn't a dress rehearsal, right? I mean, I want to live my life from the place that is the most happiest place for self. And when I started my wellness journey in 2017, and I started practicing yoga, it was just interesting how naturally friends that I have been friends with for 30 years, I mean, Mm, 30 years, Marissa, 30, I began to shift myself and find more boundaries and more self-love around Mm. myself, how those relationships didn't serve me anymore.
0: Wow. And
1: it wasn't, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't wish you well. It's not that right. I don't, it's just that like, I started to really look and say, like, as I created more boundaries around mm-hmm. what felt good for me, as I learned to love myself more, Yeah, those people, people who couldn't respect them just naturally kind of fell to the wayside. So I think that mm-hmm. it's really kind of like finding more of yourself. And then what was interesting about that is, is that as those relationships Fell to the wayside, it actually made room for new ones to come in, for new ones that felt, you know, where I was now. I just
0: got chills. I know how much you like style, so maybe you'll appreciate this. I just did a mega closet clean out. Like oh, yeah. a stylist came over and it took three and a half hours. It was not as simple as just like, we're getting rid of this sweater. Like it was very complex. I was like, oh but this was a gift and someone gave this to me and it was like a lot of that's why it took three and a half hours but to your point about just like the energy like by releasing the items where the energy had run its course or the energy no longer aligned with my current needs that now like just over the past couple of weeks there has been like this sudden influx of new energy and new opportunities in my life and I'm 100 percent attributing it to the extra space in my closet like it is <laughs> the data is too clear. Like this is not a coincidence. I cleaned out my closet and now a lot of good stuff is happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I agree with you. I'm actually a closet purger. I purge my closet every six months. I go wow. in, and if I haven't worn you in like two years and you might make the cut for like a year or two, but then after yeah. a certain time, it's like, you gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. So Margo,
0: as would happen between two yoga teachers, the conversation has really shifted towards like, energy and intuitively maintaining boundaries. So a lot of the women listening to this podcast are like multi-passionate entrepreneurs, multi-passionate visionaries, multi-passionate creatives. What's the new word now? Like they're multi-potential and I am. And so are you, right? You're a writer, you're a yoga teacher, you're an interior designer, you're an event curator, right? Like you've thrown like yes. the best parties and gatherings. How do you know What do you feel or what does that inner voice say? Like when it's time to like evolve or pivot, do you let certain things go completely or is it like, oh, we can revisit this at another time? Like what is that intuitive process like?
1: You know, it's interesting that you're asking that because I'm actually going through that right now with, um. (laughs) I've been trying to quote unquote level up in some areas on uh-huh. that level up. I'm having to real, like go and look through, like, where do I really need to be putting my attention and where do I not, you know? Yep. Of course, for my daily business and my 20 plus year career in that that's important to me and I need to focus there, right? So I have to show up for that in a strong way. But then with everything else that I've been doing with this curvy world and the yoga teaching and the brands and all that other stuff, I'm really trying to navigate what that looks like because I'm also yeah. trying to look at what my bigger goal is here. I'm actually thinking that for me, I like to look at it from a place of, does it feel good? Right. So like, if it doesn't, even like with social media, I used to do that thing where it's like, I had to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, blah, 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 <laughs> And now I'm like, I'm like, you know what, if this isn't fun for me anymore, if this is not right. feel good for me anymore, I'm not doing it. Right. Right. I love that. Because I don't want to show up for anything Half heartedly, I have a lot of energy, and when I'm showing up, like I'm showing up fully 180%, 200%. 180. Full, you know, like, so I feel like if you start to kind of look at like what is like really serving you, and also, I mean, listen, let's keep it real, too, Marissa. You have to look at it a little bit too from like a monetary standpoint. I'm not saying yes. that you can't look at it from a passionate standpoint, but like, I'm not making a lot of money off of my actual blog, right? But I'm making money off of public appearances, speaking engagements, corporate yoga, showing up as a brand ambassador. So now this year, that is where my energy will be focused, right? So little less on the writing and the blog side. I'm not doing this just I mean, I'm doing it because I want to share the good word, but I also, you know, time is
0: money. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, so if everyone could see our Zoom call right now, they would basically see me flailing because one of the questions I always like to ask women on my podcast is like, what is one thing you wish women would talk about more often? And no one has ever said like money yet. And especially it's like something that like yoga teachers don't really talk about. Mm. Women don't really talk about. I don't know, this might have to turn into a money podcast, like I don't know, or you and I are going to have to set up another appointment, and we're just going to talk about, so how do you earn money as a social media influencer, and how much money can you expect to earn as a studio yoga teacher? And it is just like, it is this topic that, in the wellness industry, but just in general, like women are like skirting around. So thank you so much. Time is money, and, and money is just another
1: form of energy. Right. And so what, we have 100%, to, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Listen, like in my interior design life, I work in interior design sales. I work for a large company and I'm number three out of 140 salespeople in the country. And I've, yep. I've been for years. For yep. years. I yep. love what I do, but I'm there to make some money. Right. I want exactly. to live a certain lifestyle. I want to like, you know, that's that. And that money also allows me the freedom or gave me the freedom to go ahead and start this curvy world to yes. build my website, to pay for the platform. To, I don't know. I'm, I'm never, yeah. sh- I'm not
0: ashamed to speak about money. I think money I have not like not such anymore. good chills right now. Like even this morning, I was looking at my financial spreadsheets for a tune in a line. And like, these are realities. Zoom costs $20 a month and only costs yes. $20 a month. And the website costs about $500 a year. Yes. It's your dues and it adds up. They worry about talking about money, but I think a really helpful way to think about it, is this another form of energy? Thank you for addressing that. Margo, I have some quicker questions to ask you. Fire away. What's your favorite thing about living in New York, in Brooklyn?
1: I love the sense of community in Brooklyn. It's a strong, strong sense of community in Brooklyn, for sure. Love that. I've been living here for a long, long time and the community just gets deeper. That's really nice. Any
0: big travel goals for 2022?
1: Well, yeah. So one of my things for this year is to be more impromptu and to travel more. So it's funny that you ask. I actually, my husband and I just went to Paris for our anniversary. Yeah, yep. happy I, anniversary. I, thank you. And I had COVID during Christmas, so my whole Christmas was canceled. Just got back last yeah. week from an impromptu trip to Barbados with friends. Because I was like, what? What's the- oh, I didn't know that. I got out of COVID jail, I was like, let's go to Barbados. So we did five days in Barbados and I'm currently planning a trip. My husband and I want to do the Amalfi Coast this summer. <sighs> okay. So I have been to Italy and
0: don't ask me how, but I missed the Amalfi Coast. Really? So I'm going to add that to my
1: list too. That's a travel goal. What's another goal for 2022? 2022, I, and I put it on my vision board. I'm writing my book, Marissa. <laughs> Well, I was hoping that would come I up. I'm writing my hoping book. That would come and, up. I may, and I don't be surprised when I reach out to you when I reach out to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know me. I'm gonna be like, let me read it. Yes. No, Can I, I yes, edit it? yes.
0: Can I? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely I'm doing I'm okay. doing it. I'm doing it. I'm setting time aside. All the time and energy that I won't be spending writing for for mm-hmm. the blog, I'll be transferring that energy into writing a book. Correct.
0: Well, number one fangirl right here. What is your favorite book, by the way? Do you have a favorite book?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, one book I could read over and over and over again is—and you're going to be like—is hmm, Memoirs of a Geisha. Yeah. That book to me, absolutely. The image, like, Classic. Way before the movie. I mean, I read that years and years and years and years ago. But yeah. The writer wrote it in this way that I could visualize everything. Like, I was in the book in the movie like all of it you know so that is yeah it is one of my favorite books i have to say and the story is just
0: yeah that like that visual of, yeah, of the setting yeah. and all that is there a little known fact about you that surprises people
1: little known fact about me is let's see i don't i mean i'm pretty much like an open book but i will say people would automatically assume that i'm not shy at all I mean, I could walk into a room and pretty much take up a lot of energy and be like the life of the party. But there are many times where I will walk into an event or a party and feel kind of shy. I'm looking at you, I'm like, I don't know that, Mark. I know, people <laughs> don't realize, but there are times when I will like, especially if it's like a, a big work event or something and I feel like I, I yeah. need to be on. You know, there's a difference yeah. between kind of hanging out yeah. with friends and stuff and then being on, I can get into this place of like kind of not serious anxiety, but I'll I'll have a moment of like shyness and and just feel a little overwhelmed. Right. Well different
0: events have different energy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago?
1: Be nicer to yourself. Be yeah. nicer to yourself. You know, and it's so crazy because my husband would always, for years he would say to me, and so hard on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. He would say that to me all the time. And I'd be like, oh I yeah. would just like scoff it off. Like oh no like you know you need to be better. You need to be gay. Be nicer to yourself and applaud yourself a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like take a moment and actually pat yourself on the back and do it for yourself. Don't look for others to do it for you, but do it for yourself.
0: As you said a couple minutes ago, this is not a dress rehearsal. So if you're not going to be nice to yourself now, and if you're not going to celebrate your accomplishments now,
1: then when? Exactly. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, Nobody else's opinion of me, which is the one thing that I definitely learned. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, but like, but it's like <laughs> no one else's opinion of me really matters because I love myself no. enough for all of us. You know, I really.
0: I know. Yeah. The only person whose opinion matters is you. Yes. That's your opinion that. of yourself. I see that as the most perfect place to end our conversation today, to be continued yes. for sure. Let me close us out this has been a tune and align podcast thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations and more importantly thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dream i'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our social follow a tune and align and post your questions for margo and for our community in our feed tag us whenever you're looking to take action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag, attune and align. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her community. When you live your best life and share your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your light.